Brothers and sisters, welcome back to the XX Mormon podcast. We are so delighted to have you here today for just another normal sacrament meeting. I know in this world where everything must be an event, everything must be special, and special guest here and special guest there, well, today we have nothing special going on. It's just myself, Elder Jackson, conducting this meeting, and of course, on the stand, presiding is Bishop Jensen. Bishop, uh, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. It is, once again, my joy and privilege to um, preside over this meeting and to bring the love of the state presidency and the uh, the area authorities. I know that they pray for and uh, and consider your, your thoughts and feelings, um, brothers and sisters. It's true, and we pray for them, and we love you, Bishop. Uh, with that, I know you have a very special sacrament meeting for us today, and so I want to turn the time over to you. Okay, thank you. The, the topic of today's discussion is, what would Jesus do? So if you go like on an atheist uh, subreddit or a like ex-Christian or the ex-Mormon subreddit, Probably within like 10 minutes of scrolling, you'll find a post where somebody claims to know exactly what Jesus would do if he were here today. Um, just like that. Like they seem to know what some Bronze Age philosopher who didn't use a toilet would do if he lived in the 21st century. Like just like that. Aside from like probably being overwhelmed and amazed by an iPhone and a car. Um, it's just like, really, if we think about Jesus and, and we think about Jesus as he's presented in the New Testament, um, we can, I want to just break down and say, okay, what do we really think Jesus would be like? Because it's like everybody just seems to say if Jesus were really here, he'd like anoint lesbian ministers to the priesthood. Like he would just be a social justice warrior. He'd be campaigning for civil rights everywhere. And uh, I think if we like really pay attention to Jesus in the New Testament, I'm not so sure that's exactly what he'd be doing. Um, what I do know about my time in the church is like the average Mormon did not read the scriptures. And if they read the scriptures, they just read proof texted stuff from the manual. They never actually thought about what they were reading. It's true. And Mormonism has all these like study guides and stuff that you're supposed to use to interpret this, yeah. uh, interpret like what would Jesus do. And I think what's interesting is I talking to my Christian friends now that I've left the church, they seem to have, um, you know, people talk about their personal relationship with Christ um, but it it's kind of like a, a personal Christ, right? Like, and some it's of them, a Jesus that they've made up in their mind, the, right? The Jesus that they've made up in their minds, and a lot of them are comfortable with that. They're they're like, oh, this is my Jesus that I use as uh, as an example uh, to to follow, to be my ideal self, and the thing that I look to. Um, and then there are, so there's like that where it's like, I found my personal Jesus and it's a personal relationship and it almost becomes like a personal spirituality thing. Mm -hmm. And then there's yeah. also 
what we're talking about, which is this very like, oh, I know like the Jesus, <laughs> like yeah, the like Jesus, it. you know, Jesus is my friend and my neighbor and I know exactly what he wants. What he would be doing. And if he were leading the Mormon church, this is what he would do it, be doing. And he mm -hmm. would not be doing something else. And, and like, I don't mean to criticize Mormons for, and I'm not trying to double down on the lazy learner uh, rhetoric. The church actually depends on its members, not thinking about what they read. Mm -hmm. And I think like the lesson manuals are actually structured in a way. Notice how all the questions are always like, how can you apply this in your life? Because they never actually want you to think about what you're reading in the context of what you're reading. Right. There's never like a philosophical or literary discussion on it. It's always just, here's what it's saying. Now go and apply it the way that we tell to you your to. life. Yeah. 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 Do as we, yeah. The scriptures mean what we, we say they mean. Um, so yeah, I just want to get into like looking at some, if you Google who was Jesus and, and you read the wiki page on, on Jesus, big biblical scholars kind of break down kind of six different characters or roles that Jesus plays. There's like six different Jesuses um, portrayed in the new Testament, kind of depending on which gospel and which part of the gospel. Um, so he's an apocalyptic preacher. He is a charismatic healer. He is a cynic philosopher. He is the Jewish Messiah. He is a prophet of social change, and he also functions as a rabbi. And so because I think a lot of, like, we've experienced a lot of social change in the last 50 years in, in North America in particular, mm -hmm. it's like that is the Jesus that everybody focuses on. And right. it's like, yeah, if Jesus was here, he would be campaigning for civil rights. Right, unless you're like evangelical Southern Baptist kind of thing, then he would be cursing those people. Right, yeah. And I just mean like I'm mostly directing this idea towards people who um who have left religion and then claim that, you know, everybody else who's, who's following Jesus doesn't really understand who Jesus is. I'm right. saying I don't even think who people who people who've left religion really understand who Jesus is. And I I'd even throw like people who don't even believe that Jesus was some sort of messiah into this like just making judgment calls on who this random guy who they've never met and they read a book that is multiple times removed from him. Like Jesus didn't write the New Testament. It's not his yeah. diary. It's people who followed the people who followed him who wrote it, it. Yeah. And then even the character's a lot more complex than just this guy who sat with prostitutes and tax collectors. Mm -hmm. Like there's more to this guy, right? It's it's a lot I of... I mean, there's more to you, Bishop. You don't just sit with prostitutes and tax collectors. No, I mean, like that's my typical weekend, but it's not every day. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um. So just to give like a brief summary of these different views or characters. So the apocalyptic preacher, Jesus, you see that a lot with like John the Baptist, you know, John the Baptist is coming. Hey, the end is near, mm -hmm. prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And then Jesus shows up and says like, yeah, 
I am here to fulfill all righteousness, like baptize me because the end of the world is coming and make way for the kingdom. And this part, this aspect of Jesus, if you read and focus on, you know, the apocalyptic minister, Jesus starts to look a lot more like a cult leader, Mm -hmm. like a doomsday cult leader Mm -hmm. than the social justice warrior that we more contemporarily associate him with, right? Which, hey, some people are into that. Yeah. Like every every religion has to start somewhere. Yeah, but G- like Jesus, there's a lot of Jesus in the New Testament where he is a doomsday cult leader, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and even his life experience really rhymes with David Koresh or the you know any other kind of cult leader who died, um, you know, by being weird and going against the status quo, right? People are going to love that comparison. <laughs> it's okay. So, so Jesus, you mean he's like a David Koresh type person. So you've got this weird guy who's like commanding all these disciples um, and going against the, you know, going against the grain and teaching new things and, and rousing rebellion and, and different weird ideas. And then he dies by the hands of the government. Like, because he won't submit to what he's supposed to do, <laughs> which is like what happened to David Koresh and a lot of other, you know, crazy uh, cult leaders who end up getting into a showdown with the government right? and losing. Right. So the other side is like the charismatic healer, like the full on, like the televangelist Jesus, right? The guy who's just walking around and he's, finding all these kinds of sick people and performing miracles and casting out devils. And then the devils talk to him and he talks back to them and he tells them they jump in the pigs and then the pigs jump into the ocean. And okay. While we're on this healer thing. Yeah. I, I want, and maybe we'll talk more about this in like a different episode, but I want to touch on like the, uh, the alien Jesus theory uh, or <laughs> okay. like the, the time traveler Jesus theory, because yeah. People, it's it's this weird thing that people will have the theory that like God is just an alien and that Jesus is like a time traveler and that's how he performed all these miracles instead of like, because it has to be true that he did this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they'll t- bring in like time travel and advanced alien technologies and stuff instead of just being like, oh, maybe it's, it's just a story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but because, like, it has to be true. Then you bring in all these extra things. And right. I'm sure we'll, that'll come up again. Well, that starts, that starts conflicting with, like, mental illness, right? Because, like, Jesus is casting out devils all the time, like left, right, and center mm-hmm. from people. You know, based on the descriptions, it's just people who have some kind of mental illness, right? Right. Or uh, or mental handicap or something like that. And it's devils. And then, uh, well, what was it really, right? Because it's not just that it's devils that he's casting out. Like, sometimes he has conversations with the devils that are right. driving people crazy, right? Right. And so then as, as we just start to realize that maybe these people are just schizophrenic or have multiple per- personalities or something like that. Um, like, or, or, you know, these descriptions start fitting with psychosis. Maybe. Sorry, go ahead. 
maybe they are the uh, the avatar for Egyptian gods. If anybody's been watching the Moon Knight series on Disney Plus, I wa- I walked away from Marvel when the minute movies finished. I was okay. just like, I can't do this anymore. Probably a good so, time to end it, I guess. <laughs> I was like, this 20-year debacle is now over. I, I can't <laughs> like, we do figured this that out. Yeah. <laughs> time to move on. Yeah. Yeah. So Disney just has to keep milking that sweet, sweet teat of, uh, of the ghost of Stanley. Just um, how Mormonism does with Brigham Young and Joseph Smith and their crazy, <laughs> crazy ideas. Um, okay. In here, the charismatic healer point of view, yeah. since you obviously don't want to talk about Marvel and, you know, whatever, <laughs> to each his own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in the charismatic healer bit, you you have mentioned in here that it's more so in Mark, the Gospel of Mark. I uh, Like, that's where I noticed it right. more, is that in Mark, he just, like, Jesus doesn't sit around and talk a lot. He's just, like, kind of running around and healing people and casting devils out. Which, like, makes sense that this would be divided up because each of these people who wrote these books may have found their own Jesus, right? They have their own interpretation and their own understanding. Like what? Jesus. Yeah. What you see in Mark a lot is the apocalyptic preacher and the charismatic healer. Like, Jesus is just running around, talking about the end of the world, make his path straight, healing people. So the Jesus of Mark is like this madman, right? Which honestly, good for him. Yeah. And I then, would love to see like Jesus today, what a YouTube channel he would have look like. It probably looks something like Jesus. Gary V or something. Yeah, like Mark's Jesus is Gary V. Right. Mixed with <laughs> who's that who's that televangelist with like the, the private the, jet? The crazy eyes guy. Yeah, yeah. Copeland, <laughs> Kenneth Copeland, yeah. is that his name? Yeah. So, so the Jesus of Mark is like Kenneth Copeland plus Gary V. Like, yeah. Sell your house. You want to start a business? Sell your house. Divorce your wife. This is what you have to do. <laughs> do nothing. Do nothing. No. Don't go to school. Is your mom paying for your school? Fuck your mom. Like, <laughs> I'm Gary V. Do marketing. I can't. I can't send people like that who yeah. who like just talk 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 you can't get a word in edgewise and yeah. so they always seem right because nobody can say anything in response because it's so I, bonkers i would pay good money to actually see gary v square off against ben shapiro <laughs> know. like the two most nasally interruptive people just in a showdown <laughs> their nasally voices interrupting each other it would be hilarious half their half their uh, statements would start off with "I agree" and then con- completely contradict <laughs> and disagree and disagree. Yeah, <laughs> and then the other half would start off with "I disagree" and then completely contradict themselves right. by agreeing and yeah. reinforcing what they said. Anyways, that's a that's a tangent. I can't stand those guys. Anyways, yeah, uh, yeah doomsday preacher, gospel, love, healing. Wow. Love this guy. So then, like, the next one we get is a cynic philosopher. So cynic, cynicism is a part of Greek philosophy. Um, It was the idea that happiness is achieved by living a simple life and leaving behind aspirations for wealth and power. 
and stuff like that. So that's what the, or like when we talk about cynicism as a philosophy, that's what it's about is that a simple life and, and leaving behind, you know, worldly pursuits is the key to happiness. So you see that Jesus teaches that, right. Mm -hmm. Comes out in the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. This idea that happiness is not found in material things. Right. Um, and then in Matthew, Matthew really builds the idea of Jesus being the Jewish Messiah. So the warrior who will liberate the Jews from their captors and re return Israel to his former glory under King David. That's an extremely nationalistic view that is completely contrary to the view of the social justice warrior, Jesus. Like they believed that Jesus was going to, you know, when they start to characterize him as a Messiah, it's, he rose from the dead and he's going to come again in blood red robes and burn the earth and the wicked will be burned as stubble. Like that's where the, that's where the, uh, the evangelical Christians get their idea of Jesus from. Right. And, and nobody is wrong when they're saying these things about Jesus. So if you talk about Jesus anointing lesbian ministers and drinking with prostitutes, that's not wrong, but also the hellfire and brimstone burning wicked at his coming. Jesus is also a valid view of Jesus based on the scriptures. Right. Maybe Jesus is just a complicated character. Mm -hmm. And um, what if, what if like he thought some of this as a teenager and then he later changed his mind and realized that, well, that was a little extreme. I should dial it back. And then he became progressive. Right. Which, which you see happen with, uh, I know when people leave religion, they sometimes leave behind a lot of right wing philosophies and become, you know, activists. Yeah. Cause for if, progressive you, causes. if you encountered me as a 14 year old, boy uh mm -hmm. president of the teachers quorum no big mm -hmm. deal yeah um, you'd probably place me as like a fire and brimstone type preacher and mm -hmm. maybe with a little uh dash of the end times in there and now yeah. you'd probably be like oh he's a social justice warrior out there like you said anointing lesbians mm -hmm. so we change so maybe like you're saying if we if Jesus had a Twitter, you would have seen an evol evolution and a change. Yeah, and maybe he'd get fired and for something that he for said. For something 10 he years said like ago. twenty years ago. Yeah, and and <laughs> but now he's like making a comeback. He's like right? paying uh he's like repenting mm -hmm. of of those past mistakes. Right. So what I'm saying is Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah, and all obviously very internally consistent. Yes. Because, like, I mean, he is a prophet of social change, and that's something that gets developed in Luke. Because Luke, he spends a lot of time with women and and other people who would have been on the fringes of society. And so that's where this, I think it's in Luke, where the, the prophet of social change really starts to come out, that character. Um, so this is the Jesus, you know, we say would be with gays and, and prostitutes and, and, and be, you know, walking with Martin Luther King Jr. And, 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 you know, championing the equal rights amendment and stuff like that. Um, and that would still be a valid point of view. It's just that it's not the only point of view. 
Um, that's my Jesus. Yeah, that's the Jesus you choose to focus on. The other one is that he was a, a rabbi. He was a great Jewish teacher. Um, Jesus wasn't a Christian. Um, Jesus was a Jew. Are you saying that Christianity developed after him? <laughs> yeah, he didn't even teach it, right? Like the things he t taught were consistent with Judaism. And so uh, like biblical scholars will talk about how rabbinic Judaism or Pharisee, the Pharisees and the Christians, they emerge as the two primary kind of forms of Judaism. And Christianity really starts to morph and, and starts to demonize Judaism so that it can emerge as the primary uh, faith of Israel. So that's why there's definitely like a political slant especially in Matthew where they they're always critical of the Pharisees. I think in John as well. Right. Is because these, these texts are written for the specific purpose of establishing Christianity as the major form of Judaism. Hmm. Um, so like at his core, I think Jesus was a Jew and he was a Jewish teacher and he was teaching Jews and he was trying to teach them like a correct form of Judaism. He wasn't, um, making up anything new. Well, and okay, giving him like intent, like saying he was trying to do this or mm -hmm. trying to do that, I think is really complicated because obviously you can't just read a text that was written about him and be like, obviously this is what he wanted. Um, okay, so I, I, oh, like, sorry. yeah. So, so I think. This is my opinion. Mm -hmm. If he's like a rabbi or a preacher or some sort of philosopher, I mean, he's talking about ideas and he's presenting ideas. And those ideas are worth criticizing, commenting on, adopting, changing, developing, right? Like, I think you can treat the New Testament as, I don't know, some sort of book of ideas um, that may or may not be right. And that's okay. So what, it, okay. So the character that is in the new Testament gospels doesn't teach a new religion. He teaches within the framework of Judaism, right? Is that more satisfactory? Is that that is more satisfactory Bishop. Okay. I'm just here to keep you in line I mean, as a missionary, I'm kind of Salt Lake's <laughs> emissary. Right. And I just got to make sure that you say the right stuff. Uh, right. You know, yeah. Otherwise, I'll shut down this sacrament meeting. So, I think, like, if we had the rabbi Jesus, he'd be down at the synagogue, right? Debating and discussing I, Old Testament yeah. scriptures. I feel like that would make sense. Other, so, yes. Yeah, so, we've got these six different Jesuses. And we can kind of see their analogs and, and their parallels, you know, but only one of them, you know, is the one who would be campaigning for equal rights. But I don't even know if he'd be doing that because Jesus was only focused on Jews. He did not give a shit about Greeks and Romans. You don't think so? No, he didn't. He specifically did not go teach them. But wait, I thought some of his... Uh apostles were like greek or roman or something they were no all his apostles his disciples were all jews 
what? No, yeah. I don't believe it. Yeah, no, all of his apostles were Jews. All of his followers were Jews. And they ask him like about preaching to the Gentiles. And he says, no, I'm not going to preach to the Gentiles. You guys will do it after me kind of thing. He was very, very much focused on Israel. Really? So when you talk about how he'd just be kind of this love and accept everybody and blah, blah, blah. Well, the actual Jesus who lived was racist. Like he didn't, there are certain people he didn't bother to associate with and wouldn't teach his everlasting gospel to because of, because they weren't Jews. Wow. Well, I don't, yeah, that's interesting. I guess Jews don't really take converts or tend to. I know they're there's called, like a process because I knew somebody. Proselytes. That's uh, where proselyting, the term proselyting came from. Wait, where did it come from? When the Jews would have a convert, they call them a proselyte. Oh, and that's interesting. where the term proselyting comes from is to make converts. Huh. Um, but I, yeah, I knew a guy who was engaged to a not Jewish woman, a Gentile, mm -hmm. and she converted before their wedding. But it was like a okay. huge long process of learning the history of Judaism and learning the scriptures and all of this stuff. And then she was allowed to be baptized. So it's not like Mormonism where it's mm -hmm. like anybody and everybody like, yeah, come the on quicker in. the better. Yeah. Um, it's a lot uh, more restrictive. Yeah. It's um, it's in Matthew 15 um, where Jesus says that he is, um, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel or in the new international version, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. So oh, he, impressive. like he makes it clear. I'm not here for everybody. I'm here for Israel. Huh? And, and I, you know, for starting to see an evolution of the character, I wonder if, um, if the original Jesus had any idea or, you know, future plans for ministering to, the Gentiles, or if that's just something that that later followers kind of added to the mythology to kind of make it more global. Yeah, you got to get converts, right? Like yeah. that's, I, I don't know if it's necessarily the same thing, but the Mormon church, like the mainstream church, had to lift the ban on um, like having black members and having uh, black people with the priesthood and all the priesthood band stuff and the temple band stuff and all of that. They had to lift that because proselytizing in other countries uh, becomes very difficult. Difficult when you, you excluded know? a significant portion of the world population. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you got to change and adapt. And I guess the early Christian church did that by saying, you know what? We'll take Greeks. We'll take we'll Romans. Take yeah, I I actually use this as an apologetic when people give me the objection of blacks and the priesthoods. I say, well, you know, when Jesus originally came to the earth, like he um, he didn't authorize his disciples to preach to everybody, only the Jews. And it wasn't until after he died where they it's in the book of Acts. They have a dream. And they see all these on this sheet opens up and there's all these unclean animals in it. And the voice of the Lord says, you know. Now all things are clean or, or whatever. 
Um, so, hmm. I yeah, I actually use that as a defense for the church that Jesus only ministered to the Jews. But fun fact, mm -hmm. um, Mormonism is still fundamentally racist. So, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying, like, I use that as an apologetic. Um, yeah. Yeah. So those are kind of, that's a rundown of the six Jesuses uh, kind of portrayed in the scriptures. Um, I think, uh, so like, I mean, when we take into consideration these six characters, like how do you think he'd actually play out if that character were here today? That's a great question, Bishop. I don't know. Like, who do you think the real... Because I think, I, like, to me, I think Jesus at his core, the original idea of Jesus going into the Gospel of Mark is this apocalyptic preacher, um, uh, this charismatic healer, this guy who's focused on the end times. Like, I really think he'd be a madman. I think he'd be a cult leader. Like, the original idea of Jesus would be that. Or some kind of paramilitary organization. Oh, and John the Baptist could be his Porter Rockwell. Yeah. Right? Ooh, yeah. But yeah, I don't think he'd be a lot different from Joseph Smith. I don't think he would have been a lot different from David Koresh. I think that's the Jesus that we first start to see in Mark, which is the earliest gospel. And then everything else is added to. I'd say after that, you'd see, you know, the guy who's, you'd see the Messiah, like um, that that becomes a big, a significant part of the New Testament is that Jesus isn't just like a prophet or the son of God. He is the warrior Messiah who will redeem Israel and restore. The Messiah is there to restore Israel to its former glory as it was under King David. Like that's what the, the Messiah is supposed to do. He's a warrior. And then, you know, when the Jews weren't saved from the Romans. They kind of backtrack on this idea of the Messiah and make him a, a spiritual Messiah. But the original Messiah is supposed to be a warrior. So if he's filling the role of a apocalyptic preacher um, and a apocalyptic preacher and a charismatic healer and a Messiah, this guy's going to be a madman. Like he's going to be some kind of, I like, uh, paramilitary leader you think he would be paramilitary yeah 100 percent. now i feel like he would be like uh kooky come follow me into the deserts of arizona so why do you why do you think why do you think not the paramilitary leader because that's too scary bishop <laughs> <laughs> also i'm like so super not familiar with the new testament because i was raised mormon so we right. read mostly the Book of Mormon. So there were like a lot of Jewish rebellions against the Roman leaders around the time of around the time of Jesus, right? So I guess like, it depends like what time frame you and place you plop him into, right? Like like So the great like the great revolt was in 66 AD and um that's shortly after the life of Jesus or where we think Jesus lived like and the gospels are being written down in 70, 80 and 90 AD. So I think that like Jesus would have been one of these rebels 
working in one of these revolts, especially when you have this idea of the Messiah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess if it's like built into the lore that they're expecting this person. I mean, people today now claim to be the Messiah, claim to be Jesus Christ returning. Mm-hmm. Um, which, what was it? I was talking to somebody who was all these crazy people claiming to be Jesus Christ, the second coming. I'm like, right. well, it's got to be somebody, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if he's coming back, just because it's not your guy. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, you are my Messiah Bishop. You are my intermediary <laughs> with the Lord. Well, yes, my child, I am. Um, but I'd say like, it's just as likely that if Jesus were here, he would be, um, a doomsday prepper. I think it's just as likely that he'd be sitting in a synagogue is what it is that he'd be, uh, campaigning for social justice and looking out for the marginalized. Um, Honestly, this is a, this sounds pretty rad. What do you mean? Like if you combine all of these things, Jesus Mm -hmm. is out living in the middle of nowhere in the United States. Let's put him in the United States. He's yeah. living out in the middle of the U.S. alone. He's got the cynic aspects. He's got a simple mm-hmm. life. He lives off the land. He preaches. Yeah. Some people live on his compound. He preaches acceptance, and he's going to enforce acceptance with force. Like whenever somebody refuses to bake a wedding cake for a gay couple— he like shows up with his squad from his yeah. compound with guns and says, you bake them a wedding cake because I'm Jesus and I love them. And then <laughs> <laughs> they bake the wedding cake. But then yeah. you also have the rabbi aspect. So he just starts arguing with people about like what? Yeah, he gets into debates and the debate always ends with kind of a shrugging of the shoulders and say, well, we don't know. Uh, well, that's that's interesting that you bring that up because, like, like the the Christian stance against homosexuality always comes from like a few vague verses, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if he's a rabbi, he's gonna he's not gonna say that any of these things are black and white, right? Yeah, he's gonna have a very lengthy discussion about what these verses actually mean. Yeah before he really commits to anybody doing anything. Well, and even then, he might be like, ah, that's an interpretation. Yeah. Like, yes. The, the Not that there is the interpretation. I yeah. kind of like this Jesus. Mix them all together. Yeah. But he's not just this simple kind of character that you can just say, if he were here today, he would be doing this one specific thing. Without or... Um, ignoring a significant part of what he of who he was or how he was portrayed like i remember people talking to me about the love and acceptance thing and i'm just like hey what about where he says like scribes pharisees and hypocrites and burning at the last day and like he says some really not nice things to certain people yeah i feel like you know those words were probably taken out of context and he's grown since then And he realizes that it was insensitive when he said it, and it's insensitive Mm -hmm. now, and he commits to doing better. 
Mm-hmm. I'm I'm actually on his PR team. Like the Messiah was known as the Lion of Judah, like that was one name for for the Messiah. So, um, I don't think yeah this this kind of Lamb of God was also the Lion of Judah, and I think that's like when you look at evangelicals and stuff like that, it's not their idea of Jesus is coming from the same book as the social justice warrior Jesus is coming from. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, any other thoughts, Bishop? That's all. I think just what I think this indicates is before you make a rash generalization about who Jesus was and what he would do if he were here. That's what we did when we were in the church. We knew exactly what Jesus would do because he was leading our church and, and everything the prophet said was the mind of the world Lord and the, the will of the Lord. Um, and then we leave the church and then we start making sweeping generalizations about a character in a book that we probably didn't really read. And if we did really read it, we didn't really think about it. We're just kind of clinging to a few proof text verses. So what I think for me at least is that this shows as you leave Mormonism to, to leave dogma behind and to start reading and thinking about things and thinking about not seeing the world so black and white, but seeing layers and complexity and characters. Yeah. Yeah. Actually reading it and engaging with it which I have very much not done. I know nothing about this subject. Uh, But it does, like, I'm not telling people to go open up your Bibles and do a book report on Jesus. I'm just saying, as you encounter other thoughts and ideas, instead of going with, this one makes me feel good, that must be what's right. Because that's the line of reasoning that you follow with Mormonism. It's, Mm -hmm. let's read and understand and, and try and see layers of complexity and nuance and, and things. And have a conversation about it. Yeah. Yeah. Actually actually discuss it instead of um, forcing some imposed idea on yourself or on someone else. Mm-hmm. Well, are we done? Yep, I'm done. Well, in the name of Jesus Christ, all six, six, all all six. six of them. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen.